You're listening to Art City Now. Welcome, my friends, to Art City Now, the podcast which looks at the art scene in different cities in its current form. I'm your host, Troy Ramos. Right now, we're marching through our series on Battle Creek, Michigan, a small city in southwest Michigan, situated perfectly between Detroit and Chicago. Battle Creek has a very long musical history, giving birth to many well-known musicians, Del Shannon, country music star Frankie Ballard, Metallica bassist Jason Newstead, among others. And it also has a very rich history in classical and jazz music. The Battle Creek Symphony, for example, led by longtime director Ann Harrigan, is the oldest symphony in Michigan, one of the oldest in the U.S., and is still going strong today. And the world-renowned concert band, the Brass Band of Battle Creek, is literally made up of some of the best jazz players in the world. They give a couple of concerts a year, and these jazz greats fly in from around the world to give Battle Creek a couple of its favorite evenings of the year. Evenings that also traditionally end with many more good times downtown after the concert. Alcohol may be involved. You didn't hear it from me. In this third episode, we're talking music, and we'll look at another significant music institution, the music and sounds coming from local Kellogg Community College. Delving deep into it from mostly an academic perspective, chatting with performer Carmen Bell, who is a soprano and also part of the music faculty at KCC. And we'll also play our conversation with music director at the college, Dr. Gerald Blanchard, who's also a well-known performer, singing with many opera companies, and is, like yours truly, a baritone. Fun fact about our guest and host, Small World. Well, it's hopefully more interesting conversation, this time with a few of the city's musical talents. We get their take on what they do, what they're doing, and what's happening around the city. So sit back, crack open your own favorite beverage, and enjoy our continuing look at the little city that could, and did, in many cases. This is Battle Creek, Episode 3, Sounds of the City, now on Art City Now. Art City Now is a production of Art House 43 and is made possible in part by the Battle Creek Community Foundation with the mission to promote giving, build endowment, and provide leadership to improve quality of life, creating a way for people of all means to give back to their communities since 1974. And by Meyer, committed to strengthening the communities they serve since 1934. By the Art Center at Battle Creek, since 1948 devoted to providing the community with arts and culture. And from support by our generous donors on our GoFundMe campaign, your support, as always, means everything. The first time I was exposed to opera was here at KCC, and I took music appreciation, and they showed Don Giovanni right down that hallway in that room. I wasn't familiar with it, but it, it just kind of grows on me. So I just do, to connect with that listener who isn't familiar, I just, I'm just myself. Or I don't feel like, oh, you have to, um, I think sometimes if you talk more, 
during a performance or explain what the piece means before you sing it, especially if it's in a different language, you get that connection with the audience to where they're more receptive for it. Hmm. That's the performer Carmen Bell. She's part of the faculty at KCC and is herself a performing soprano. One of the important things she talked about in our conversation is how she connected with opera and how she's trying to make connections between the music she loves to sing to the people who maybe haven't heard much in that genre, or at least so they think. She talked about her performances, including reaching out to people who attend a local outdoor music festival in Battle Creek called Lila Palooza, which is normally a showcase of local bands at the Lila Arboretum. What sort of performing do you do in the city? Um... Usually I do a lot of the faculty concerts that we have here. Um, Each year we tend to do at least one recital. Um, I've done um, specialized recitals before that centered around um, African-American composers. Um, Actually, this Saturday I'm singing at Lila Palooza. That's something different for me. Um, I thought it would be cool to... um, One of my goals is I want to make opera or classical music more accessible, Um, take away that that idea that it's boring or, you know... Unreachable. Yeah, unreachable. Yeah, Yeah, so I'm I'm wanting to sing more for everyone. So I figured Lila Palooza, which is something that we think of like bands, you don't necessarily think of classical singer. So that's something I'm doing this week. With that in mind, like you you want to make it more accessible, sort of present it to people and give them a chance to connect with it. Mm -hmm. Do you have to change the, the way you deliver it at all, or is it still what you always do? Um, this time I am doing something different. Instead of doing a complete program of classical music, um, I'm combining different things. Like for this weekend, my theme is love songs. Wasn't my intention. It's just that all of the lists, all the songs on my list had kind of had a kind of love theme to it. So um, I started with Gershwin is what I'm planning around, which um, I'm doing a couple of arias from Porgy and Best, which is which you would consider classical or opera. Mm. And then I'm doing a couple of his um, jazz standards, mm. the musical theater side. Mm. So, yeah, by adding those two together and then I'm doing Cole Porter pieces, um, a couple of Broadway standards, um, I'm doing W.C. Handy's St. Louis Blues, which is not something you would normally see on a classical mm. singer's um set list but yeah I'm just what I what I listen to different types of music I'm not someone who only listens to classical um so my interest make it easier for me to pick different repertoire yeah do you do you do you notice that when you ever expose your friends or people at your concerts to these types of music that maybe they haven't heard before do you find there's a good reaction to it oh yes definitely um even so, just with my own personal experience, um, when I grew up, I liked, just like what most of my students did, like music that you find on the radio. Or, um, But my dad always had um, appreciation for classics. So we would go on these trips, and he would say, okay, that's enough of that. I'm going to turn on something, and it would be a classical piece. And I'm like, oh, I can't stand it. Why? Like, So I was like, I hate classical music. I hate it. I hate it. So for me to have that 
coming from that to being the thing to making it be the thing that I love, I remember that. That's a song from Gershwin's Porgy and Bess, sung by Carmen Bell, of course. And she was joined by our next guest, what a segue, Gerald Blanchard, who's been the director of music at KCC for quite some time. So, you've been here for a long time. Uh, this is my 15th year. 15th I'm start, year? I'm starting my 15th year this fall. Wow. So, yeah. Gerald came to Michigan for his graduate studies at Michigan State University. I asked Gerald about his move and why he stayed here, and what it was like going from Philadelphia, population 2 million, to Michigan. So when I moved to Michigan, it was culture shock for me. First of all, there's only 10 million people in the whole state. And I'm like, what? You know, so, but it's great. I've been here and I actually have lived in Michigan since 98. I started graduate school here and just never left. I fell in love with the state. I fell in love with the lakes and most importantly, the people, the opportunities, that are afforded us here, or afforded me here, are just, um, you know, abundant. So, having been in collegiate choirs and music ensembles myself, I know what it's like to be a part of a musical family like that. And as the conductor of several vocal ensembles, I asked Gerald what that experience is like, how he brings these singers together, and the unique experience artists get at the community college level as opposed to larger university settings. You said recruitment. Oh yes. So there's the the, the high school area. Mm-hmm. And the community. And the community, or the county. Mm -hmm. Is that where most of uh, your performers come from? Most of the Kellogg Singers, which is our residential choir here on campus, they come to this campus for their other classes. Literally, I mean, the ages are from 18 to 87. I mean, it, it stretches the gamut. And they all come together for one common purpose, and that's creating beautiful music. And we do it here in Battle Creek, and we do it every other opportunity and every other place I can figure out where we're needed, I send us there. So they, the, these choirs, these two choirs, will come together for, say, bigger performances? Yeah. So when we sing with orchestras, it's always the choral union. It's never just one group. Okay. Um, but when we do our own small choral programs, like our Christmas concert, uh, in December of this year, which we do every year. This is, I think, the 15th one that we've done at St. Mark's, and it became uh, Sounds of the Season. So it has like a theme. Our spring concert is singing in the spring, and then the fall concert is always Sounds of the Season. So we try to have an established um, concert theme that goes on each year. And when we do that, each group performs individually, but they're always opening the concert and closing the concert collaboratively. Mm -hmm. But when we go on choir tours, we always go just as the KCC Choral Union, right. meaning Unity. coming together. Yeah. That's, I think, one of the great things about community college is that it's not... every You can go to any university at any age, mm -hmm. but community colleges are more open, I think, to people of all ages. It's I always thought it was the best yeah. educational thing that we have. Like... Because you can have someone, like you said, 87, singing in, a, in an opera or a mm -hmm. choral concert next to an 18-year-old. And mm -hmm. then it's all in between. Exactly. So that's what, that happens a lot. With that's, that's a part of, and it's intentional. 
That's a part of what we do here. And for me, I think teaching at a community college makes it much easier for students to get to know their instructors and their instructors to get to know their students. Therefore, relationships are, are, are developed and opportunities become abound. Um, I taught at Michigan State University. I taught at Central Michigan University. I taught at Adrian College. I've taught at four-year schools. I decided to make this my home, uh, and it's because of my accessibility to my students. I didn't want to teach a class with 110 students in a lecture hall where I knew nothing about any of them, and they were nothing but a name on my chart, versus me having a sit-down conversation with a student, knowing about that student's life, and knowing what their, their joys in life are, and knowing what their struggles are, and deciding what I can do to make sure that they reach their fullest potential before they leave here. Or, in a lot of cases, making sure that they finish. Because also with the community college, a lot of those students don't necessarily have the opportunities or the finances to go to some of these more expensive private and public schools this might be their only opportunity. And having a teacher, uh, and teachers, plural, that really make you central, you know you have people there to help support you, you're going to be, at, you're more apt to stick around and work harder. Mm. Um, yeah, there are challenges, but I, it gives me great joy every time I'm sitting at that, in that auditorium, looking at those students walk across the stage at the end of the semester and knowing their stories. That's the difference. I know their stories. I know what they had to go through to really get through this process to walk across that stage. And it, it, that's the payoff for me, personally. I mean, money is great, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that's greater than anything anyone could give me, is to see that smile and know that they've achieved something, that they've worked hard to get. We pulled back a bit to look at the larger music scene in Battle Creek, and I asked Gerald about collaborations with other musical ensembles in the city. So there's there's an interesting collaboration aspect then, because you've got the Battle Creek Symphony. Mm-hmm. Most small cities probably don't have a symphony, like 50,000. 50, yeah, Most and, we, don't. It, and remember, it's not just a symphony. Battle Creek Symphony is the oldest professional symphony in the state of Michigan. So that's something we need to be proud of. Right, and you... And, you will do work with them, like you said, with the opera. I don't know if the Marriage of Figaro is with them. But. No, no. The, the things that we do with them are usual, usually choral productions, but I personally sing with them as a soloist often. So we did, um, it was Madame Butterfly, I think, was the last one I did mm. with them. So they hire professional singers from around the country. Most of them come out of, like, Chicago, that area. Um, but typically when they do main production, major productions, I'm somehow involved in, you know, whether, you know, my chorus is a part of a choral thing or me as a soloist, you know, it's, it's a wonderful relationship that we have. So, you know, there are great opportunities here in this small town of 55,000.
According to the Research Division of the National Endowment for the Arts, a 2002 study, I know that's some time ago, but nevertheless, this study reported that in 2002, 39% of American adults, about 81 million people, attended a jazz or classical music concert, went to an opera, musical play, or ballet, or visited an art museum. That percentage was so much higher than I thought it would be when I researched this data. Pleasantly surprised. Now, when it comes to opera and musicals, people often fall into one camp or another. This study, and I'm sure countless other articles, dedicated themselves to one or another, and some statistics lean one way or another, depending on a variety of factors, age, sex, race, income, etc. Personally, I've always thought of musicals as some sort of love child of opera, a modernized version, perhaps, uh, of some operatic styles. So I was also pleasantly surprised when both of my guests talked uh, of a very interesting experiment, the combination of both opera and musicals. Um, we did a performance that combined scenes from Rent and La Boheme, because Rent is based sure. off of La Boheme, right. and it gave a variety of music to fuse opera with contemporary Broadway. It was mm-hmm. a really cool experience. Um, some semesters, we got the voices. We have the singers. We were actually able to do a couple premieres uh, in the last few years. Um, the years that we don't necessarily have all the voices, I might mix genres and styles a little bit. So you might have, uh, we did this thing called Opera Meets Broadway. I took Aida, the opera, and then I blended it with Aida, the musical. <laughs> you know, so telling similar stories and, you know, it, it was, and the kids had a lot of fun doing that. But once again, these are opportunities that most community college kids don't get. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a lot of friends in this state. And I, in fact, I used to sit on the board, the American Choral Directors Association board for the state of Michigan. So I don't think there's a choral director or a voice person I have not met at one of these institutions at some point. Um, and that's not common. Touring is not common for a community college, nor is having a full-blown opera production. You might have a scenes project. It is very common to have opera at the university like U of M, Wayne State, you know, those schools, they have um, wonderful opera programs. But most of our students won't necessarily have that chance unless they come here. There's not even opera in Battle Creek. There's no consistency of opera. So if the symphony doesn't do a special production, You know, the only opera people can get in this region is either travel to Lansing or travel to Kalamazoo to go see a student production or come to our fall opera workshop productions. You know, so we also do service for the community as well. It would obviously be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to survive as an artist without support. How much support and from whom can vary widely. Sometimes it's the donor or patron crowd that keeps artists afloat. Sometimes, seemingly in very rare cases, it's the general public. So the inevitable question I had, the same question I seem to be asking of everyone, came up. So how do you feel uh, about the connection between what you're doing, musically speaking, and the community? Do you feel like there's a lot of support for what you're doing? Not, not Not necessarily, every institution has support, but do you feel like the general public is uh, appreciative or whatever the right word is, there's a connection there? There could always be more support. There are some things that the community will come out for. From our standpoint, um, I think they support us wonderfully. Uh, You know, do we have 
packed houses every year we give a concert. I wouldn't say packed houses, but, you know, like our spring concerts, we average a couple hundred people that come to those concerts. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty good for a town this size. I mean, I've actually, as a soloist, have traveled with other groups and have given concerts where there's like 30, 40 people in New York City, you know, coming to a concert because it's so saturated. So I'm, I'm, I really believe the community does come out to events that we at the college put out. But if there's a need out there, you know, that I put forth, you know, something that we want to do, people step up. And I, this is a loving community. And I obviously love it. I've been here for 15 years. So it's one of those great things to see. is produced by Art House 43, an arts organization dedicated to connecting the arts and communities. For more information and to pledge your support, please visit arthouse43.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Art City Now. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode as we continue our series on Battle Creek. Remember that you can support us by going to arthouse43.com and clicking on support. We cannot expect programs like this to continue if we continue to listen for free. If we value something, we need to ensure it has financial support too. If we say that information is free, then we're saying that in the information age, everyone is worthless. There is no such thing as free information, so please show us how much you value our work by going to arthouse43.com and clicking on support. And please also support us by sharing these episodes and by following us on all social media at arthouse43. All right, friends, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening, and goodbye for now. Art City Now!